Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. privilege and honor to know the Lord, and um, it doesn't matter when you found the Lord or He found you, amen, it doesn't matter when, it just matters that we did, amen. and so you may have been raised in church and have known about the Lord uh, at least to some measure your entire life, or maybe it's brand new, but either way, aren't you thankful that we're standing in His presence today? Amen. I would like for us to have prayer before we go any further for uh, Brother Gibson. He has been taken to the hospital this morning, and uh, he's not doing well at all. So let's just ask God to touch him, strengthen him. Also received a text message from Brother Corin's daughter, and and uh, they are not doing well, especially Brother Corin today. And so let's pray for them. I also would like to ask you to join together, and let's pray for our nation. We are, we are facing probably one of the most critical elections in our history. Probably not the most, but certainly one of the most critical times in our election and in our in our nation. And so we need the Lord. Amen. I have never wanted to use this pulpit as a political platform in any fashion. I just want to preach the Word of God, and from that we should be able to have something in our heart that would lead us in wisdom as to what to do. And, uh, and so I just pray that the Lord will help us to have the wisdom that we need to move forward. We need God, and uh, probably I think we would all agree that we are standing closer than we have ever been as a nation to losing some things that, that, that have been taken for granted for ever. Amen. Since the formulation of our nation, and so this this is not something we can just raise our hands and say, "Oh Lord, bless us." We need to really find a place of prayer in this time that we have between now and Tuesday. Amen. And let me just admonish you: this vote, vote. Amen. If you don't vote, you don't lose you don't lose your opinion if you don't vote. But if you don't vote, you should lose your right to voice your opinion. Amen. And so somebody will say, well, my vote don't matter. Well, that's the best we got. And so I'm going to go exercise the best I have to vote and pray and ask God to anoint us when we stand in that booth because we're not just voting on the next leader of our nation for the next four years, but many important things, many important things. That's not the only person that we're voting on. Obviously, that is that is a premium to our commitment and prayer, but we need the Lord to touch us today. So can we just ask God to be with us now? Amen. Lord, I'm asking you today to touch Brother Gibson and Brother Corin. 
they need your divine touch this morning. I'm asking you to touch Brother Gibson in that hospital today. Right now, you can just minister to him. You can strengthen him by the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. So I'm asking you today, God, to let an angelic host, God, just minister to him today. Lord, you said you've given your angels charge over us, concerning us, lest we dash our foot against a stone. They would be there to bear us up. And so I'm asking you, God, to let that angel touch his heart and mind, touch Brother and Sister Corin today in their home. God, move in their lives and strengthen them. Now, God, we collectively pray as a congregation that you would anoint us with wisdom on Tuesday. God, we are casting a vote that will certainly have implications on, on, on either side of the fence, God, for our future. And so we just need your hand, God, to guide us, to lead us. And I pray, Lord, that you will, that you indeed, God, will just anoint our steps, that you'll anoint our minds, and that you'll anoint our hearts. We pray today your anointing, your authority, your presence, your power to surround us. And God, touch the United States of America, of which we are all proud citizens. And I ask you, God, to touch us today and anoint us by your grace in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I said a service or so ago that God lifts and elevates man and God sets man down. And so our trust and confidence is in the Lord. Amen. But with that said, we're not going to spiritualize this to the point that we should stay home. Amen. We need to do what we can, and that is within our God-given right and, and right as a U.S. citizen to cast our vote and make that count. Praise the Lord. You've been standing a while. You can be seated. I'm going to ask you to join me in the 100th Psalm, Psalms 100. What a privilege, what a privilege to know the Lord. Amen. The 100th Psalm, verse number one. The scripture says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter in, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Praise God. Praise God. From the pen of a man who certainly knows what he's talking about. Amen. He said we ought to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I've said many times in the last several services that the book we call the Bible... It's not a book just filled with outdated ideas, but it's a book that is relevant to us today. Amen. This is where we can go and find strength. In 2016, just as any, any other individual ever before us has been able to go to this same well, draw with the same bucket, and find the same hope that we find today. Amen. So this morning, with that said, I want to I talk to us uh, about praise and worship and what God's word has to say about praise and worship and how that assimilates into what we are doing here today. While it is 
a part of our service format, I want us to understand that it's not just something we do to have something to do. There's something that happens in our praise and worship. There is something significant about that. It is the highest service that we can render unto the Lord. Amen. I say, I don't want to say anything today and it be mistaken to be laced with sarcasm or cynicism at all. But I will say sincerely that we should never, if we have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, we should never, ever have to have someone prompt us to praise the Lord and to worship the Lord. What an insult. What an insult that would be. Uh, that, would be uh, that would be equivalent to my son talking to my, my wife and I and admonishing one of us to say, now tell her, Dad, tell her you love her. Tell her you love her. Come on now. Now say it loud where she can hear it. Don't just mumble that under your voice, under your breath. Come on now, Dad. Look her in the eyes when you say that. Well, by the time I get her eyes and by the time I get my voice where she can hear it, <laughs> she don't want to hear it. It's already lost. It's already lost the feeling, the the sensitivity of that. And so, I would liken that to someone behind this desk or any other saying, "Come on now, come on now." Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Come on now, come on now. I wonder how the Lord feels about it by the time we finally squeak out an amen. There ought to be something in us. He said, we ought to enter in with thanksgiving. The Lord, David said, the Lord's been good to me. The Lord has been good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. The truth of the word of God, it made its way to our heart, to our home, and to our lives. I was sharing just a little bit of this with Brother Everett this morning. I won't. I, I just don't even want to try to avoid a couple of things that happened to us uh, this week. I was in district board meetings on Thursday and Friday, and uh, we met some young uh, applicants getting their license. and uh, And I, I was just, I, I just, there's no way I've, I've asked the Lord to somehow help me capture the moment. And I realized that that much of this is just one of those things you'd have to be there. But there was a young couple in particular that, in particular that came in uh, to meet the board and they were sitting there and so we just began to ask them, how did, how did you get to this moment in your life and how did you get to this place? And, and uh, in this particular case, we knew some of the details because their pastor was on the district board and told us just a little bit, but he said, I would rather you hear from them. And uh, here they were, their life was shipwrecked. They had knew nothing about church. They knew nothing about God. Both of them had uh, very vibrant careers ahead of them, very godless careers, but nevertheless very vibrant careers ahead of them. And, uh, and they, their marriage hit the rocks. They had been separated for eight months. And the Lord began to deal with this young man and he knew nothing about God. He knew nothing about church. He knew nothing about nothing. And so he just began to search. He said, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm just searching for something. And, 
And, and he just said, I went and visited every church I could think of. He said, I just walked in. He said, every, service, every church service I would go to, he said, I would just think, this is not what I'm looking for. This is not what I'm looking for. And, uh, and so he had a friend, of, a, a friend that invited him to Brother Dale Eason's church in, in uh, Bradenton. And he said, when I walked in, he said, I, I didn't know anything. He didn't know one flavor from another. But he said, when I walked in the church, he said, this is what I'm looking for. I don't know what this is, but I found what I've been looking for. And so he said he just began to pray, and, and the, he got the Holy Ghost, and he started trying to reach out to his wife who thought that he had truly just gone completely nuts. Now, he, she already thought he was nuts, but now he's really gone nuts. And so he was going to get baptized, and their son, wanted, their oldest son wanted to be baptized. And so he said, I would like for you to come and be a part of this and at least be present. And, uh, and she said, I just reluctantly, very reluctantly went. And, and she said, I walked in, sat on the second row with my arms folded. I did not want to be there. She said, but when they began to worship the Lord, she said, something released in my heart. She said, I didn't know anything about church. didn't know anything about God. And she said, the next news you know, I was lifting my hands. And she said, anguish and bitterness and hurt and pain of a lifetime was flowing out of me. (laughs) There wasn't a dry eye in the room. I'm telling you, there wasn't a dry eye in the room as they began to share their testimony. She said, I looked over when I opened my eyes and she said, my husband was slain in the spirit is what we would say. She said, I didn't know what had happened to him, but she said, and so here their family, she got baptized that night along with their son and God put their life back together. I want you to hear this part. That was three years ago, just three years ago. And so they walked in five years ago was when the process started with him. And then three years ago is when uh, the very first initial process started with him when he was searching for churches everywhere. But three years ago is when they went to the church in Bradenton. And, uh, and now three years later, they're sitting here with a call of God upon their life to preach the gospel that three years ago they knew nothing about. Why am I telling all this? The Bible says, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Amen. You know what I was thinking? I was sitting there thinking, Lord, I wish I had some second, third, and fourth generation Pentecostals that have lost the steam and lost their fire and lost their praise and lost their worship that can hear this young man and this young lady that said we did everything within our power to destroy our marriage and destroy our family, but we didn't know it. We were just doing what all our other friends were doing. And she said, but in this process, we lost all of those friends, but we found some new friends and we found a friend that sticketh closer than a brother and his name is Jesus. Praise God. It's hard to think about things like that and then come in the church house and sit with our arms folded. It's hard to think about where the Lord brought me from or what the Lord kept me from. Amen. I say, Lord, thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your redemption, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Ghost, God. Maybe you weren't on drugs and maybe you weren't on alcohol and maybe your family wasn't divorced and maybe your children wasn't on the skids, but amen, aren't you glad that grace kept you from all of that? Amen, his mercy and his truth endures to all generations, to all generations. Can you bear one more? A young man just had 
given himself to everything he thought he was big enough to do and realized nothing is working in my life. I don't know where all this is headed, but I can't continue to do what I'm doing. And so he said, he told one of his friends, he said, I think I just need the Lord. He said, I didn't even know who the Lord was, but I had heard this terminology. I think I need the Lord. And so a friend of a friend, he said, a friend said, uh, he said, a friend of a friend mentioned that uh, a friend mentioned that they had a friend that attended a church. He said, but the only thing I can remember about the church is that it has the letter P in the title. <laughs> he goes, wow. So he starts going to every church he can find that has the letter P in the title. Amen. And he mentioned churches I'd never even heard of, but that he was in South Florida and he was just going to church after church. And so finally, one night after saying, I've tried all this and I, this is not what I'm looking for, he said, I Googled to try to find churches with the letter P in the title. And he said one of the churches that came up was the Cathedral of Pentecost, pastored by David and Melanie Elms. And, and uh, so he said, I just began to look there, and he said, I clicked on the word images, and in those images that popped up, and he said, I saw a picture of my friend's friend who was Scarlett Elms, their daughter. And he said, I know Scarlett. And so he went to Scarlett and asked Scarlett, is that, is that the church you attend? She said, yes, my dad is the pastor. And he said, I went to that church. And he said, when I walked in the door, I knew immediately this is what I have been searching for. Amen. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Here is what I'm telling you today. If there is a generation that says, I don't want this, his truth still endures to another generation and he can awaken the heart of young men and young women and give them a hunger and thirst. And when you walk with that kind of hunger and thirst, amen, there's something in your heart that says, I just gotta praise him. I just gotta magnify him. I'm not talking about our praise and worship service. I'm talking about a praise that can't be quieted on Monday. I'm talking about a praise and a worship that cannot be muffled on Tuesday. I'm talking about something that wakes us up in the middle of the night. Amen. And I just start humming the words, I claim the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. That precious blood stain was made there just for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a praise and a worship that will not be muted by this world and its systems. Amen. Praise and worship. Oh, my, 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 my. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Page two. Our worship must be more than just a few minutes of hand clapping. It must be more than just a few minutes of our voices being lifted. Worship should be our life. Amen. Our lifestyle. Worship should be the very core of who we are. Are you, are you a preacher? No. Are you a teacher? No. Are you a musician? No. Amen. Are you this? Are you that? No. But what are you? I am a worshiper. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I want the very core of who I am. 
to be a worshiper. The Lord has placed this in us and in a desire deep within us. You can't escape this. Humans are prone. It's just our nature. It is there. There is a uh, there is a, a tendency to gravitate toward deities of some sort. Amen. Whether we're conscious of that or not, there is a gravitation of that. And so if we fail to know and accept God, we invariably set ourselves in a position to ally ourselves with a false deity. Amen. We need to know the truth. This truth is what will set us free. Amen. And so we can admire uh, things and people and admiration can become adoration. Amen. Which is an aspect of worship. But hear me today. We can't just admire or adore human talents or skills of men or women. We must be careful that we do not think more highly of people than we should. Amen. I understand that by default that a lot of tension comes to the pulpit of a church if we're looking at church in this context. Amen. To the pastor and I appreciate that and there is some authority and respect that comes along with that but don't worship me amen don't serve me amen we need something in us that says I'm going to tell you what I was how I was raised amen I hope this is just be all right here's what I was taught I was I learned a song a long time ago we sing it in church when I was a kid that said if my mama don't go it won't hinder me if my mother don't go, it won't hinder me. Amen. If my daddy don't go, it won't hinder me. Why? Because I'm on my way. Praise the Lord. I am on my way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's not to sound crass or arrogant. Amen, but that is to say I gotta get my eyes on him because he is the only hope that I have in my soul. I'm gonna place my confidence in him. In him will I hope. In him will I trust. In him. <laughs> I'm gonna put my faith in him. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We don't need to be worshiping man. We need to be worshiping God, not the, not the creation. We need to worship the creator of the ends of the earth. Amen. His name is Jesus and we ought to fill our mouth and our heart with that precious name. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll tell you today that if any individual or if anything accomplishes anything, it will only be because we are a part of the work of God. It will not be talent. It will not be finesse. It will not be our shrewdness. It will not be our minds. Amen. It will only be God. And so to him be praise and glory and honor. The psalmist David was overwhelmed by the idea that mankind would be given dominion over all of the creation of the, of the earth. Amen. All of God's handiwork would essentially be placed into the hand of man. At the very thought of that, David... David broke forth into praise. In Psalms 8 and 9, he said, O Lord, our, o Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. 
Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Centuries later, we still possess that same attitude. Amen. I know we haven't necessarily said it out loud today, but in essence, what we have already exhibited in this house is, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all of the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. Amen. That almost sounds trite. God is good. It's so simplistic. It's so shallow at its very base. God is good. But I'm going to tell you today that we could make a journey through this thing we call life. And we could say God has been so good to me. Amen. How many times have we been made aware of his goodness? Those those stark moments, those those specific intersections of our life where we realize this was the goodness of God. This was the hand of God. Amen. How many times have we been made aware of God's goodness? As David thought about his personal walk with God, he broke out into a song of praise. This is not a song of praise listed in the book of Psalms, but it is a a song of praise listed in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 22. At this moment of praise, David said things like this, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. He is my shield and and the horn of my salvation. The Lord is my high tower and my refuge, my savior. He said, the Lord, it is he that saveth me from violence. Amen, that's what, the Lord, that's what David was saying to the Lord. And sometimes we say, well, what could we say if someone says, why don't we just praise the Lord a little while? Amen, why don't we magnify the Lord a little while? What am I supposed to say? Well, I would suggest here's some good ideas right here. Amen, he ever been your rock? Has he ever been your fortress? Has he ever been your deliverer? Has he ever been your shield? Has he ever been your horn of salvation or high tower or refuge or savior? Has he ever saved you from violence oh yes 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 amen amen but more importantly more importantly than that is where these words come from where these phrases come from these are not things that David as a writer as a songwriter as a psalm writer says you know this sounds like it rhymes this sounds like it goes together this sounds like it would make a lot of sense this sounds like it would make a beautiful song that's not what David that's not where David got all of these words from when you hear David say things like rock fortress deliver horn of salvation, high tower, refuge, savior. Every one of these words has a history in his life. Amen. And so what David was pulling from was not from the clouds to pull down a word and make it rhyme with another word or a phrase because it'll build off of this word. And before we're over, before it's over, we're going to have a beautiful song here. No, David was writing something from experience. Amen. There was a time when my foundation was gone and he was my rock. There was was a time when I was captive, but he was my deliverer. Amen. There was a time when I was lost and needed direction and he was my strong tower. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. There were times when the Lord reached down and he was my refuge. He hid me under his ring. He hid me in the pavilion of his presence. So I'll tell you today that if we'll just put our mind and our heart into it, every one of us will be the psalmist. Amen. The psalmist Everett and the psalmist Chris and 
the psalmist carry. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. He is my healer. He is my strength. He is my hope. He is my He is my everything. He is my everything. Praise God. And so our praise and worship, this is not something we do just to fill up a little bit of time, but we come in and to everyone, he is different. Amen, to everyone, he is uniquely God. I don't know where he brought you from, Philip. Amen, but you know where he brought you from. And so Philip is praising the Lord on the foundation of Philip. Hallelujah, because Philip knows how far God reached to pull him and redeem him from where he was. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm not doing a good job teaching this today because I fooled around and got it in me. Amen. I didn't get it on me, but I got it in me. Praise God. Praise God. And so these, these words represented events in David's life. So this was personal to David. (laughs) This was real personal to David. He has been my fortress. My, my, my. My, my. So praise rose from the core of David's heart. That's where he worshiped the Lord from, the core of his heart. So we must never forget his goodness to us. And I think that we should often review in our own lives and especially in a worship service, but every day we should review incidents where God intervened for us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, if if you were standing beside someone and this was humanly possible and someone shot at you and they just reached out and grabbed that bullet, wouldn't you feel just a tad indebted? You know, wouldn't you think that person would get a birthday card, a Christmas card, you know, just was thinking about you today, card, amen, that someone someone redeemed us, someone shaped us, someone helped us, someone was there for us. Amen. I, I tell you today that 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 because uh, because of my background, because of my parents and grandparents, and and I, I, I've said many times, I'm thankful that there was a path paved, and I and I was able, I had the opportunity. I could have taken either road. I understand that, but I had the opportunity to take a road uh, of, of of less resistance and less sin. I had enough to pray over, and still have enough to pray over. And so I thank I thank the Lord for all the things. You know, I, I can't talk about a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I can't talk about that the Lord has delivered me from. I'm not boasting today because I'm not lily white. I promise you that. But I'm, I will say this: I want to always thank the Lord for what He kept me from. When I look at where some of the people are that I went to school with, when I look at where some of my own family members are and I think, oh my Lord, amen, it could have been me as easily as it was them. And so I say, Lord, thank you for that intercepting hand of your redemptive mercy that reached down in my life. And I thank you for tenderness. And amen, I thank you for the, the power and the privilege to be able to lift my hands. And so I wanna thank you for that. And so I want us this morning to be real clear about something. I don't don't want to elevate sin to the point that our young people think they 
need to go out and just wreck their lives and come back so they'll have a testimony. The greatest testimony you'll ever have is I've never. there's never been a cigarette between these fingers. There's never been a, pe- a drop of liquor or whiskey that went across these lips. There's never been a curse word that ever uttered out of my heart. Amen. There's never been any drugs in my vein. Amen. That is the testimony of testimonies. And God kept me. He kept me. He preserved me. And so I worship and I praise and I magnify your holy and your righteous name. Amen. I don't ever want to forget God's goodness. He's been so good to me. Amen. So I want to review those specific instances and I want to think about his intervention. I want to think about his care. I want to reflect upon the protecting hand of the Lord. When we relive those moments from our past, amen, there's something There's something in our heart that just begins to flow over and there's it's almost impossible amen, to keep that praise hushed. Amen, David of old, amen, with David of old, we're going to declare that the Lord is worthy to be praised. He is Worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy. Why are you singing? Because he's worthy. Why are you clapping your hands? Because he is worthy. Why are you praying out loud? Because he is worthy. Preacher, why are you so excited? Because he is worthy. He is worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. He is, he is absolutely worthy in our heart. What a provider God is for us. Amen. He makes life possible. Amen. God provides for us. And I want to I wanna always say that with a true spirit of gratitude. He is my provider. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with a lot of people today, especially in North America, is they don't need God. They didn't wake up hungry this morning. They're not going to bed hungry. They didn't wake up without clothes. They're not going to bed without clothes. They didn't wake up without a roof over their head. Amen. In some cases, they may have multiple roofs they can hide their head under. And so they don't know that God provided that. They think they provided that and the shrewdness of their own intellect, their mind, their degree, their education, their job. But hear me today that that can all be flushed in, in, in less time than it takes you to bat your eyes. It can all be gone. He is my provider. I'm gonna tell you the clothes that are on my back today, it was the hand of God that blessed me to be able to purchase these and to have them. The shoes on my feet, it was God's hand that provided that for me. The food on our table, amen, it was God that provided that. Amen, to truly realize that every good thing is a gift from the hand of the Lord makes us grateful. Thank you, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your gift. Amen, such gratitude and appreciation and you know what that does? That changes our disposition. It changes our way of thinking. Amen. It changes us. Our lives should be filled with praise and it should be filled with prayer. There are many expressions of worship and I'm just gonna warn you today, I'm never, never gonna get through this and I won't try because I'm sure you have other things to do between now and three o'clock. Amen. <laughs> but prayer and praise are complementary complimentary expressions of one another. They both should go hand in hand. Our prayers shouldn't just be about needs that we have. I know we have the privilege to bring, go before the Lord with our supplications or with our needs, but our, our prayers should be filled with praise as well. 
Amen. If not, they're incomplete. And so prayer is, is covered in praise. The prayer that's covered in praise, it finds, it's, it finds that perfect, perfect seasoning in it, and, it, and that aroma that brings us access to the throne of God. And I want to practice that kind of praise. Another manifestation or expression of worship is singing. So sometimes just mere words alone are not enough. So we sing songs of praise and devotion. I, I tell you what, I try to be intentional about this. I, I always want to have a song on my heart. Amen. I'm being very serious. I always want to have a song on my heart. I, 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 like to, I like to sing. I'm not talking about just publicly, but I like to just sing. I like to hum. I, Amen, I like to whistle. <laughs> Amen, I just want to unto the Lord, unto the Lord. Amen, because it changes your heart. It just changes how you feel about yourself. Amen, hymns and spiritual songs leave impressions on our attitude, leave impressions on our spirit. I mean, we get a song on our heart and you just get, you know, I know sometimes people post it on Facebook, woke up with this song on my heart and they list a few of the lyrics there and, and uh, you know, sometimes that that very thing jams that song in my heart, amen, and I, I read that and it's on my mind and, and, and maybe for a, a few hours in the day, I'm just thinking about that, amen, but unfortunately, songs and, and, and music that are not spiritual have the same effect. That's why we have to be very, very careful, amen, you know, people think church is all just about can't do, can't, can't do, can't go, all, on and on and on, but there is, there is some wisdom in this, <clears throat> Amen. Their music is a very, very powerful force. We should never, ever underestimate. Amen. There, there's a reason that we must avoid songs that are carnal and sensual and things that have no spiritual benefit. Amen. Now, I don't think that you have to listen to the Chuck Wagon Gang 24-7 in order to be saved. Amen. Just so we're clear. There are some songs that are not necessarily church songs that don't have an ill message. Amen. I might like to play a, listen to a love song when I'm with my wife. Okay, well, just disconnected all the super spiritual people there. <laughs> I'm sorry. But just sitting her down and playing Amazing Grace don't have the same effect. <laughs> Jesus, Lord, help us. <laughs> oh, man, I don't even know where that came from. Yeah, bless him, Lord, you're right. I, just, I earned that blessing, Lord. I earned. Amen. But, but we need to understand, and I, you get it, but we need to understand the value of good things, the value of pleasant things pleasing in the sight of the Lord, amen, honorable in the sight of the Lord because that's going to cultivate something. That's going to give birth to something. And I'm going to tell you the lyrics, the lyrics of, of songs today. I mean, you don't, you know, you don't have to, nowadays have to have your window down to hear what's being played in the, in the car, six cars behind you. I've heard some of that and I'm just thinking, how disgraceful. I mean, it's so vulgar, so vulgar. And, and if somebody thinks that's not getting off in their spirit, oh, we're, we're fooling ourselves. We're fooling ourselves. Amen. So 
we, we need to sing unto the Lord they, those things. Never lose our appreciation for songs, and hymns and psalms, spiritual songs. It's a beautiful thing. We also worship the Lord. Another, another uh, vein of worship is in our giving. Of course, we want to do all that we can do for God because in a sense, we understand God needs nothing from us. He doesn't need anything, but as a matter of fact, he, as I mentioned a moment ago, God is our provider. But God has created and built in to his system a, a way for us to give back to his cause and even, and even commands it. And so I think that giving should be just as much a part of our worship as anything. And... Uh, if you've been to church here very long, you, you get by now that we don't talk about giving a whole lot. It's not because I'm ashamed to do that, but uh, I'm, I'm thankful that people have the spirit of this in their heart. But our, our giving should be a time of worship. That is as much worship as the songs that we sing or prayers that we pray. And so we should give unto the Lord. Amen. If God provided for us to be able to even give back to him. And so that shouldn't be something that we do begrudgingly and uh, we should never lose our capacity to, to do that. It, it's, a, it's a blessing that God has placed in our heart an opportunity to give back to him a designated portion. That designated portion is the tithe or one-tenth of all of our increase. And so that already belongs to him. That is God's anyway. Amen. Not, not when you get around to it, not when you think about it, but he said the first fruit. Amen. I'm, I'm going to tell you that, that we've never experienced this here, but I've heard of this many times, especially many years ago. It was kind of, it was not, I wouldn't say an everyday occurrence, but it wasn't all that uncommon that there were families that would bring their tithes to the church on Friday. That's how seriously they took the idea of first fruits. I don't want this to go anywhere. I want to make sure this gets to the house of God. That belongs to God. Beyond tithe, we also give our free will offering. Now, this is where our hand gets to control the valve right here. Amen. Right here. As we open our hearts to receive his gifts, now we express ourselves in worship when we share through the joy of giving. The joy of giving. And... Um, you know, I, I want to just cover a couple of things while I'm here uh, because I don't visit this subject that often. We receive one offering a week in this church. We don't receive an offering any other time on Wednesday nights or uh, in, unless we just feel especially maybe prompted to it with a special speaker or missions and things of that nature. And so here's what I ask of our church family, that we ought to have, we ought to, have, uh, we ought to exercise integrity in our giving. Amen. So we ought to give in that one time, just like we were coming to church multiple times a week. Amen. Let's just give and let's get, get, get that in the hands of God. Amen. Get that in the pipeline so the Lord can bless us. Amen. So we ought to give with integrity and give in, with integrity of heart. And so here's, here's how we should give. The Bible has it plain. We're not talking about tithe. That's already covered. We know what that is. That's 10%, amen, of our increase. And so in, in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, he said, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth, in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. 
Amen. And so it is the culture of our church that, that we, just, we just ask our ushers to come. We have someone play a song and our ushers come and we receive our offering. Amen. And so we, we receive it as we purpose in our heart. But hear me. We are, we are not the high water mark and, and, and we, we're just because this is how we do it and somebody else does it a different way doesn't mean that we're right and they're wrong. Amen. So we have to understand that. And so sometimes when we go to camp meeting or other meeting somewhere and someone receives an offering and they may ask if somebody has $1,000 or somebody has $100 and, and things of that nature. And, you know, there are some cultures that, and when I say cultures, I, I hope you understand what I'm talking about because there's multiple cultures in Florida. And I'm not just talking about, uh, I'm, I'm not just talking about uh, where someone's from. I'm just, I'm just, there's multiple cultures. You have a whole different mindset in South Florida than you would have in the panhandle of just how people think. And so there are some people that really rise to a challenge. Some cultures, and they, they operate better in that, in, that, in that regard. That's not what I'm comfortable with, and so we don't do that. But I don't discredit or discount those that do. And so, nor should you. And so, if that's if that's going on, just be patient. It ain't gonna. That's this too will pass. Just give what you purposed in your heart. I've, you don't know how many times I've been on the platform, and somebody turned around and said, "How many? How many of you sitting right here will give five hundred dollars?" At least you weren't done that way. So think of that next time that gets under your skin. <laughs> Amen. As a matter of fact, we were, I was sitting right over here, almost about where that second chair is in, 19, uh, in 1994, and we were in revival, and a man was preaching, and he was in this building. He was preaching. He was walking right about here down the front, and he said we were in the middle of building our, our wrapping up the building of our annex behind us, and he said, you know what? He just stopped preaching. He wasn't talking about giving. He wasn't talking about anything. He was just preaching. Amen. And he just stopped. And he turned around and looked at me and he said, I feel like the Lord laid on my heart something to do. And I had total confidence in this man. And I just kind of gave him the, the whatever to go ahead. And he said, I think we need to raise the money to finish this building right now. And he said, I, I, he said, I want to know how many families in this church will give, give $2,000. He said, but he turned around and looked at me. He said, but the Lord told me to tell you to give 4000 He did. Some of you were here and you remember that. I said, yes, sir, we will. So think about that next time something like that gets under your skin. <laughs> I just want to make a point here. Amen. But you know what? We were blessed and God made a way for us to be able to give that and do that and something like that that would happen in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you one more thing while I'm here. A few years ago, a couple years ago, at, at a global mission service, I was sitting there. I've told this story many times when, whenever they walked to the pulpit and said, our offering tonight, we need $4.4 million. I thought, <laughs> Wow. Well, not only would I like to have the $4.4 million, but I wouldn't mind having the courage it took you to say that. <laughs> Publicly. I was knocked over. I was thinking, my word, I can't believe he had the, the courage to get up and say that. I wasn't insulted by that, but I, I'm just being honest with you. Amen. You know, sometimes honesty, people are really uncomfortable with honesty. Because you're thinking, I've thought things like that before. 
And so as the service began to move, people began to prompt it. They took an offering, received an offering, and got a great offering, but nowhere near $4.4 million. But as the preacher began to preach, the spirit of giving began to move in that service. I was there. It wasn't contrived. It wasn't worked up, jerked up. It wasn't no sad stories of puppies dying beside the road. No, no, no. Amen. It was just the absolute divine presence of a holy God, and people began to give, and over $5 million was was raised in that offering that night. Amen. I'm telling you that it can happen. It can happen. So don't discount what the Spirit of the Lord can do. Amen. Let's all stand. Praise God. I have 12 more pages that I'm going to have to put in the microwave. (laughs) I'm just going to put it in the microwave and hit warm. Amen, it'll keep, it'll keep. That's the good thing about the word of God. Amen, the spirit of the Lord to touch us. And so God loves cheerful givers. Now hear me, sometimes when we talk about giving, and I know I have focused up to this moment on literal giving, but hear me, we give in many ways. God loves cheerful givers. It always does my heart well when I ask someone, um, could you help me with this? And they say, absolutely. Or when people's countenance falls. You're going to need me Saturday? See, I had you stand and you relaxed. <laughs> I had you stand, you thought, whoo. We were done. We made it. And then I popped you one more time. Sorry about that. Our time, cheerfully give. Our abilities, cheerfully give. Let me tell you something. If God blesses our bank account by financial investments, He will bless your clock and calendar. Yes, He will. Yes, He will. When you think I don't have time for this, and I get it, we're all, we're all pushed for time. But you know, when there's a work day, just come on. It'll work. It'll, it'll, it'll all work out. I know we got other things that we need to do. If, if, there's, if there is a particular need, just come on. Just come on and give yourself to it. Amen. If it's church day or night, just come on. Whatever you... Or whatever is pressing, whatever is nipping at you, amen, it'll be there when you get back. And, and I, I know there are occasions and times, but I'm talking about if we're not careful, these can just be habits. And that it can just get so easy once we just give in to that because we think we don't have the time or we think we don't have the resources. But just go ahead, just go ahead, just go ahead. And I'm going to tell you what I know is in this building, amen, and that are, that are many, many testimonies of people that could affirm what I'm talking about. Men and women who perhaps on a financial basis have given their last to the Lord and they watch God come through and just bless it again. Somehow, some way, God just blessed. Amen. There's testimonies all over this building. So we say, Lord, help us. And so if you think you don't have the time to be involved in something I'm going to ask you to reconsider that today and let God bless your clock. Let God bless your calendar.
If you think, well, I just don't know if I have the ability to do that. If you'll just make yourself available, you don't know what God can develop in your heart and in your life. And through availability, your abilities can be honed. Amen. So we should cheerfully give, just like we cheerfully sing, just like we cheerfully preach and pray, we should give of ourselves. And so as we support the effort of the church to evangelize the world, here's what happens. We begin to reflect the love of the Lord. I said, I said to you, I think last Sunday, because last Saturday we were dedicating our daughter work in Madison, the building itself. They've been there a while, but we were or recent new to this building. And so we were dedicating this building, and I said, this is possible because the first of every year you make as a church a commitment to be a part of missions. And so it was possible because you gave in advance that we didn't have to come and beg and borrow and say, please, come on, pretty please. This is what we want to do. It was there. It was there because you gave cheerfully, cheerfully. Amen. That's how it ought to be. That's how it ought to be. Amen. God's church ought to function just that way because of cheerfulness, cheerfulness. Our praise and worship ought to be cheerful. Amen. These... I heard someone say years ago they visited the church they'd never been around Pentecost. They said, those are the happiest folks I've ever met. <laughs> happiest folks I've ever met. Amen. That ought to be said of us. Thank you for your connection to the Word of God today. I'm going to tell you what, I don't feel like I talked to the wind this morning, but I felt like I spoke to hearts in the Holy Ghost. Let's lift our hands and magnify the Lord. Can we do that? Amen. Think, think of some of those places that God redeemed you from. and Amen. Think of some of those instances where the Lord touched us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.